1: Hello there, and welcome to a special edition of Spin the Rally Pod. In these difficult times here at dirtfish.com, we've been thinking of ways to keep you engaged with all things rally, so we're offering you a spin bonus podcast our very own senior staff writer david evans has been catching up with hyundai team boss andrea adamo and we thought you might want to hear what they have been talking about so settle back you've got an hour and 20 minutes of top grade rally chat right here on dirtfish.com
2: We've got a lot of ground to cover today, a lot to talk about, but I would like to start by going back to the beginning of this season uh, and to some fairly emotional scenes at the end of the Monte Carlo rally. Of course, you, your team had just won with Thierry Neville, but you were greeted by a guy who's, who's really quite special in your career, uh, Nini Russo, former team manager at Atlantia, uh, a, a team, another team which is close to your heart. Tell us about that moment and, and what it meant to you.
3: It was uh, the most emotional moment. Uh... Of the weekend for me, because I still call him uh, boss, no? And um, you know, at the end, people think uh, that I'm ruthless, uh, and you are one of them. But (laughs) 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 I'm maybe much less than what people think uh, I am. And uh, I live this job as uh, the the passion, no? We told uh, maybe we spoke many times at the end. It's uh, is my passion that I try to do in the most uh, serious way trying to keep my passion aside and manage the things the best I can uh, being pragmatic and uh, let my engineering approach to things uh, uh, be the leader in my in my decisions and so on and so but uh, sometimes uh, I cannot keep it aside no I cannot store it uh, in the Basement, uh, it pop up, and uh, I think Monte Carlo, and we won it. Uh, uh, I think people still now are joking with me. With uh, marcy it's been a great weekend thing. And uh, when Nini called me at the end, uh, I remember many moments uh, with him uh, when I was a child. And uh, mm. there, there are things that are difficult for me to explain, honestly, no, because. Uh, we were together i was always being the children for everyone uh, i have to say no because they always remember me as the children because i was very young in those days and mm-hmm. i remember younger also in a super touring days uh, and so and so so i am seen always a bit like the the children for them and uh, i have uh, mechanics uh, that uh, were working with me and uh, teaching me that i'm now retired and i sometimes to time see Picture of them in Facebook riding motorbike and to think that they are retired is quite shocking for me. But yeah. it brings me back to reality that I'm 48 years old now. So,
2: but you you did start really quite young, didn't you? Into into the industry. Yeah, yeah. You, you started from. I, university.
3: Always, uh, I I always used to say now that I'm quite lucky. You no, know? so because. Uh, uh, it's basically 30 years that I'm in motorsport, the different levels started, uh, very low, 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 low level. And uh, as you properly said, uh, I already in those days, uh, I was very focused already and uh, I was not smiling already a lot in those days. But uh, I always told myself, uh, it's not always, but that, uh, you know, I grew in a family where motorsport was a, like a, a strange case in Italy, more important than football, maybe, you no. Know? And so I was growing up at my, uh, my father's home, and she was carrying me and my sister. And uh, her son uh, was uh, passionate as motorsport, of, about motorsport, as my father was. And uh, so the magazines all those days, Autosprint, Water, Water, Four Wheels, were always around. So I grew up uh, reading these things and I was not collecting uh, these uh, panini uh, in Italian. It's a figurine about a football player. I was never interested. I was uh, collecting out of sprint. I was reading them. And uh, I remember uh, chats between my father and his cousins and his cousins about uh, Fiat against lunch and all for me I was a uh, uh, amazed by hearing about the story about the Turini, San Remo. There was a a, a Scuderia, let me say, in in Cuneo, that uh, it's a a team, a small team in those days called Genzianella Velto, and both of them, they were following the drivers. In those days, you were more used to own your own car and be part of a team, that uh, was supporting you and following you in the local rallies at the end of the stage. So I remember these things. To give you a picture, one uh, one guy uh, was uh, owning a red Lancia Stratos. And uh, if me and my sister were were behaving properly in the week, so in the Saturday afternoon, uh, let me say my cousins, my father cousins was bringing us to see the Stratos, uh, uh, where this guy was keeping it, uh, and uh, I never sit in it. Uh, I, I was uh, already em- emotional uh, emotion, <laughs> uh, watching it, and you know? So for me, it was really a bit like this. By the way, I saw back this structures in Rally Legend 2011. Because wow. it's really this one, it's sold in France, has been restored, and uh, it has been uh, repainted with the name of them by a, a French collector. And I seated in this car in 2011, and it was quite emotional for me because uh, I remember all these uh, these days, no? And uh, and for me it was also emotional because this year in Monte Carlo, my father with uh, this guy called Montaldo, his co-driver Pozzi with other uh, people that were young in those days, yeah. uh, and I was following came to see Monte Carlo and to see all them. Uh, Outside the Hyundai hospitality, there was uh, another emotional moment. So, for me, Monte Carlo has been a tricky moment. And now, yes, coming back, uh, I started from 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 the base. So, for me, when I was uh, 13 years old, I decided that I would have been a race car engineer. And uh, I planned to do before a technical school, uh, then if it would be possible uh, a university and go at like this. And I was telling everyone that I would have been a race car engineer. And uh, I remember one evening my parents uh, trying to explain me that it's good to have uh, dreams and targets in life, but uh, life not always treats you so well that allow you to reach your dreams. And I remember I let them speak a lot and I asked very Okay, thank you for the advice, but I will be a race car engineer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe we waste our, <laughs> our time trying to explain. And that's been always my my target, that one, and I did all what I could to to become a race car engineer. And uh, I, I studied it, I was already buying uh, books and I trying to to become uh to become it, and I was lucky in my life, I always say. I, I've been very lucky in my life, and the day that destiny will uh, knock to my door presenting the bill, uh, I think it will be a tricky moment for me. Uh, I thought it already happened uh, two, three times, but it uh, was not really the final one because I always <laughs> passed by, so it was not the yeah. proper one. But uh, so I, I started yes uh, in Abbott, but I was a, I, I was a children and I worked with uh, Nini with Limone and uh, somehow. I always been uh, lucky enough uh, to to be in the right moment, uh, uh, in the right occasion, no. And so uh, I was a young engineer. I started as a young aerodynamicist and when I was still studying during the DTM days, there was also there there was also super touring category that uh, for me as a junior uh, was the one. Uh, that I was more dedicated then because DTM was the top class, so I was yeah. a bit there and uh, when DTM was closed, I was one of the few involved in super touring so i I stayed there working with uh, with Sergio and uh, doing the italian the Spanish championship as a race engineer as well and then uh, when the thing uh, when the things were going a bit bigger again uh, in Abbott, I also made uh, some uh, Consultancy. I was working for Rosella. I was still doing aerodynamics job with the pet show, and I was designing Formula Three. I also designed part of the team designing uh, an offshore class one uh, boat. Uh, wow. So I made lots of experiences in uh, in many categories, and this uh, this is something uh, that uh, I think uh, is part of my luckiness, no? Because allow me mm-hmm. to have quite a bigger vision, or in other. Another way to be more realistic, allow me to make much more mistakes to to <laughs> make more experience, and uh, that's it. And uh, basically, in two thousand, I came back hundred uh, percent in uh, in alpha, and uh, till two thousand and eight, I remain in alpha, and uh, basically, it's it. And uh, and I have to say that uh, I always. Uh, I have always been driven by this uh, motorsport engineer. Cause, uh, in Abbott, there's been another emotional moment when I left, but uh, in those days, the direction was clear for me. It was uh, not uh, really motorsport uh, that was the main target there, because no? uh, the management was changed. And uh, with all the respect, I have nothing to say clearly the direction was different and when people told me no but we want to do motorsport uh, it will be like this but we do also that i remember one evening t- telling them you know i was doing motorsport when i was very 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 young you are doing motorsport from the last six months so for me to say i know i smell by far certain things and this is not the motorsport and also at well, this is not the way i feel and breathe and beat motorsport so I start to be quite uncomfortable. And I have to say that in the end, if today I'm here, I have to say thank you to to Barbara, that is the lady that I, with which I spent 18 years of my life. W- one evening having a dinner in one, yeah. when the uh, mood was down, because uh, let me say, I was growing up. Uh, Eating and briefing about lunch, I'll uh, find all these things. Mm-hmm. You know? And I understood that the direction was different and that I was very in the bad mood. And uh, at evening, uh, at dinner, she told me, Listen, this is not uh, what you want to do. So leave Abbott, uh, go freelance, uh, let's uh, find another way. She told yeah. me, We house is our, or we can, I'm working. So uh, I can also accept you to stay home a bit, find something else. If I have to share you again with Motorsport as you were doing, uh, so going away every time, at least when you are back, you are Andrea. You are not someone that I cannot recognize. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important no, when you have someone supporting you in this way. And so I took the decision, I left. And uh, I have to say now, thank you to her and the decision that. Uh, she strongly suggested me was the correct one because if I would not have done, maybe I don't know what, maybe No, it's a bit like the Sliding Doors movie, but yeah, sometimes to have the proper person uh, aside, you allow you to, to be brave enough to take the decision. And I think has been a, one of the most pivotal decisions of my life,
2: yeah. I mean, talking about kind of strong, clearly, she was a very strong character in, in your life, but you look. Back further, the people you've mentioned, you know, Nini Russo and Sergio lemone and the kind of character of, of Cesare Fiorio. These, maybe you didn't work directly under Fiorio, but these were strong characters, weren't they? Strong and big people, big characters in, in motorsport. Do you think that has helped? To
3: I think, sorry, it's part of my luckiness because eh? I, I was lucky. I was lucky, and I still am, by the way. Yeah?
2: But it has ha, have those people helped to shape your, your method of management in some way? Do you think?
3: Let me say, everyone uh, is different from someone else. But uh, when you grow up, uh, with a certain uh, mental approach, with mm. a certain way of doing things, when you see commitment, uh, uh, directions, uh, and way of doing uh, is like uh, you know the imprinting that you get used to. There is no, no way. You, you get this kind of approach, you get this kind of um, way of seeing things. Maybe it's like uh, when you have this, uh, this pottery, you know, uh, if the, the material is good and maybe I was good not in the way that I'm good, but maybe it's because I always grow up with this uh, bad willingness of win. If I don't win, I I really suffer. It's my limit sometimes, I know. It's my limit. But uh, if you grow up in an in environment like uh, I did, and uh, you are already with this uh, bad <laughs> characteristic, you, you just uh, be able to do this and uh, think about the way to win. You... If you don't win, it's a big problem because uh, you have to win. And uh, when you grow up with this, uh, also a bit later with seats, uh, it was the same approach. So all my life uh, has been uh, passed with people that uh, they just wanted to win. And uh, we just uh, see the win as the only result of our job. Because uh, another big thing that I learned when I was uh, younger, let me say younger, mm-hmm. is that uh, we were doing a job. And this is important because we spent uh, an L uh, big quantity of money to go around the world to do whatever you're doing and it's a job. Mm. And uh, the target of this job is to win. It's not uh, to stay out uh, to see the car running around, the brand, uh, blah, blah, blah. We have to win. If you win, uh, you're doing your job. If you are not winning, uh, you are not uh, doing your job. So it's like... uh, a doctor that, uh, with all the respect, I don't want to be misunderstood, but uh, there is, a, there are doctors that are um, lawyers that uh, are paid to do their job and they have to do the job well. And uh, for us, doing our job well means winning. There is no alternatives. There are no alternatives. And mm-hmm. honestly, is what has been taught me by people like me, me by Sergio, and all the, the, the ambient in those days. Uh, till, uh, in Abarth, in my opinion this willingness was there in 2005 early 2006 was this one we were there to win and i saw it in the other companies that i was uh, spending time uh, you can do well if you win and uh, there we were there to win yeah Trust me. Uh, sometimes i remember being told that i don't care you have to win finish
2: yeah yeah, and we see that now all the time. You know, it rings through everything that you do in the team and in the service park. And to continue that kind of analogy back to, to the days of, of Lancia, you know, we've seen driver rotation with your team in, in a way that we always saw, you know, with, with Lancia. They would bring the likes of Bruno Sabi, the stronger drivers for stronger sort of surfaces. That hasn't always been very, very popular uh in In the championship last year and and so far this year, what do you say to those people who question your your kind of methods?
3: I have to go back to my roots and honestly, I think that uh, I remember nice evening uh, when I was a young chief designer or young designer with Sergio, and every time we tried to read the rules separately and uh, exchange opinions because Sergio was a very great a great teacher Mm -hmm. for me about that uh, that matters no I remember okay in those days was was a bit different the homologation process uh, the rules, the way but uh, I always remember to this big lesson to think out of the box I think Sergio is one of the most clever men I met in my life uh, because he was better than me for sure in many aspects, but the one that he taught me the most is to have something outside the the job. And uh, when uh, he saw as being is as taller than me, far from more far, a different way of doing motorsport uh, uh, in 2005 with the change man that was doing. I remember one evening he told me, "I'm going in. I I will go home. I will retire. I." did motorsport when motorsport was meaning something. I'm mm-hmm. sorry for you. I remember he told me, I'm sorry for you, but I, I will leave. But uh, it's also clear because I remember also in 2003 when we had the meeting and he told me, for me now, Andrea has to be technical director. I will support him and he was doing it in amazing way because we discussed a lot even more. But I remember telling me another sentence that I always remember in my life. It's uh, you know the dromedary is the results of two engineers. One wanted to do a horse, another one wants to do a camel, and it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> the leadership
3: is important. and This is another big lesson that I had in those days, because uh, uh, you need to have a clear organization. It's yeah. not a fact to go all together around and see what is going on. No, it's a it's a clear organization, a clear leadership, and uh, the leader, the leadership, has to bring results, and everyone is aligned with this leadership, and everyone is doing this. I never permit myself, when I was a, a teen and uh, with my parents, and grow up in the companies that I was working, especially in those days, to contest what my bosses were saying. Yeah. Because uh, if you start to contest, you are losing time. There is an organization and uh, that's it. If there is a decision to be taken, there are people paid to take decisions and those ones have to be followed the fastest is possible. Finish. And I always grow up with this uh, mentality in this way. So going going back to your things, I think that I am again lucky because I have uh, smart people working with me and uh, the man that with whom I'm sharing most uh, this kind of decision is Alain Penard, that is really reading and knowing the rules much better than me. Uh, and uh, most of the time we are on the same page uh, and we understand what is the moment to change a bit the things. But uh, I know I've been contested uh, uh, to when we swap position in the road, uh, when we change in the drivers. But uh, I can only route it to one thing. We are paid to win i'm not paid to be the nicest the smartest uh, uh chap of the service park uh, the nicest friend of journalists the nicest friend of everyone i'm not uh, uh i'm already a block a kind of man that is a uh, quite uh how could i say i'm not a social guy let me say i'm mm-hmm. not uh, i'm not the kind of guy that loves parties and so and so a dinner with the uh, for people, uh, it's like a, a rock star concert for me, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm not like to speak a lot because I think that, that there are already too much people in the world that is speaking a lot, and I don't need uh, to put uh, more words around. You have to speak if you have something to say. If you have not, nothing to say, it's not uh, needed to speak.
2: We. We definitely see that uh, in in some of your interviews. <laughs> that you're not a man to use two words when when one word will do. You are developing a bit of a reputation. You are becoming seen as quite an intimidating character. You know, and journalists find it quite difficult sometimes to come and ask you the question. You're you're very aware of that. You know exactly what what we're talking about here. But how how do you feel about that? I mean, does that bother you? Is it is it a stress for you at all that that you know you are seen in this way, not by everybody, of course. I have to say, not by me.
3: <laughs> you know, David, uh,
2: not all the time.
3: I respect uh, everyone because uh, I know everyone is working there. All mm. journalists, uh, most of the journalists are working there. But you know, there is. Um, I always think. Also, I like history, you know, and. Uh, I know that uh, there are people died to let us express our opinion. So we have to yep. express our opinion or to use the word that we are able to to use uh, in the proper way. I think the most important thing uh, the most important thing that we have is time. Yeah. And I hate to waste the time. So I'm not uh, I don't want to intimidate no one, but I want to speak with people that have something to say. Not uh, people that are making stupid questions uh, or uh, to make uh, stupid uh, uh, hypotheses or uh, make came with uh, accusation or things like that. I respect everyone as long as everyone is respecting Hyundai Motorsport. And when people came uh, with uh, stupid questions or things like that, I'm uh, annoyed because uh, I'm busy enough. But uh, I think you are the one and I can name other ones that uh, if they came uh, with the proper question, I I always dedicate my time. I think that uh, uh, our PR people cannot say that I never deny an interview with someone. I always respect everyone because everyone is working. But it's clear that if someone came to me and start to make stupid question, I will not uh, play the game uh, of this one because I don't see why I should spend and waste the Hyundai Motorsport time because my time is Hyundai Motorsport time. They are paying me, so it's a time paid by Hyundai Motorsport. Follow stupid things. And that is something like that. I have to say also something. I'm. I, mean, I grow up uh, reading magazines, no, as I told you, and I have many, many names on top of my mind in Italy. Yeah, yeah. That are uh, people that uh, were really writing well. That is another important thing that I think. Oh, they are. Uh, I read the now. Now in Italy there is an important uh, journalist that died. That is a Mura. Mura was writing for Repubblica. That is an Italian newspaper. And I agree when he once said that there are not the sport journalists. There are journalists because uh, if uh, someone is doing his job properly, is he, a. Uh, has to be named as a journalist and I think the one there that I name are journalists because they knew how to write, how to use the words. Like uh, I was loving uh, uh, Martin Holmes uh, and uh, in France uh, there were many uh, in Portugal and in Spain I was reading these ones because I respect them as a do it. The problem is when uh, now in this uh, time if you write uh, two words in Facebook, you became a journalist, no? And uh, I think that the word journalist is a bit abused. And I think everyone that uh, can record something with the mobile phone, a camera, or can write two words in a row, think uh, that uh, is a journalist, no? It's like, uh, I remember yeah. a joke uh, saying, uh, hey, what you are, ah, I'm a motorbike rider. Yes, what are you driving? What are you riding? Uh, Yamaha T-Max. Uh. Ah, really? So basically, uh everyone is a writer and if you are uh, writing two rows you are a journalist no so
2: yeah yeah no i i agree completely um but just to I come don't up... think you
3: are intimidated by me maybe sometimes uh, you know that but
2: <laughs> yeah no trust me sometimes uh, a little bit yes uh but just to come more up to date when and how did you arrive at Hyundai
3: it's a it's a long story basically I have nothing to hide. Uh, I had in the past uh, some uh, health problem, and in uh, 2014 I left uh, Honda to go back for a few, a few short spell to Alfa Romeo as a part of the road Julia Giulia project. No, I, I was there. I say, hey, let's try to, to have uh, the opportunity to do more mistake uh, to make more experience, and it lasted only six months because I discovered that it was out of my My word, the level, the things I say, I live only once. I always check, uh, like on the yogurt box, uh, if I have the expired date somewhere, but I never found it. So I don't know where it will end. And the end of 2000, no, in uh, October 2015, I told myself, listen, let's uh, change my life. And uh, I made uh, like an agreement with a friend of mine that has a Body body shell prototype company in Turin, and he asked me to help him in the job, so I could work for him, knowing some languages, even if I'm not speaking very well, but at least I was able to communicate. And uh, I told myself maybe after in those days we have 25, 25 years in motorsport, and uh, I am. I, I, it was the time to try to do the normal life, no? So. From eight to five o'clock, have the weekends free. I say, let's enjoy these things. Let's see what may mean. what may means. But uh, look, like that, uh, it was still not my time to do that because uh, I had an interview in a Hyundai Motorsport in those days to as a, an open position for customer racing manager. Yeah, and it was the most nice uh, and easy interview of my life because. Uh, it was by far, far, far away as my wish to do it because I didn't want to do motorsport no more. Yeah. And uh, I came in alsenao It was uh, quite a long one. I met many people. I told what should have been with the R5. Uh, I had a chat with Michel with other representatives from Korean people. But you know when you are easygoing, tension. I was really a nice yeah. chat uh, we spoke about many things a bit like now, because it was far away from my mind, I say okay I go, because it's not nice uh, to uh, discard uh, an invitation it's yeah. a matter of also respect of the people, and then when I left the HR manager in those days, uh, Dominic told me, ah you know for sure for this position we have other candidates uh, we will interview other people, so we will give you a feedback in 2-3 months and they say no problem Oh. Uh, in my mind it was far away Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I remember was uh, something like a Wednesday something like this and uh, when I land back in the evening in Turin I, my mind was already oriented to the new life uh, So for me it was already far away it was a nice day meeting uh, friends, uh, people and so and so then on Monday morning I've been called by Dominic that asking me if I would agree to start to work the Monday after.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Seriously.
3: That is well. And uh, I remember it was like all my castle that I thought was done by big stone, bricks, uh, you know, with uh, concrete. Which I I made a nice castle of my future. In reality, it was a, a play card one, you know, when you put <laughs> yeah. in, so, a yeah. small blow <laughs> to destroy yeah. it. Come and, uh, okay, I didn't start the Monday, the, the Monday after. It took me one month to set down things, but I started there. And uh, I started uh, the same day of uh, Andrew Jones, that is now the responsible of customer racing. And um, we discovered that in reality,
0: customer racing uh, was...
3: No existing, so it was really a, a white sheet of paper. And so we were, I think, three, three four people already working there. And uh, I, I told myself, okay, we go. And uh, when I start uh, there, I remember there were uh, Mr. Lim, uh, Korean responsible but that is still working there, and Kiwan, another one, and I don't remember who else. They told me, ah, you know, yeah, we know you have to set down everything, it will be hard, but no worry. Yeah, I told them, you know, I know much better than you what is expecting me because I think you have no clue what is expecting us, but I'm the only one who knows what is expecting <laughs> me. So I told myself, okay, no problem. Look alike is not the time that I will start to work at 8 o'clock and finish at 5 o'clock. And we built a customer racing, honestly. We built, I permit to say we built because it was a long journey to arrive to this year. Initially... Customer racing was supposed in the eight count that they prepared before I arrived by uh, 15 people. Now there are 70 people, just to let you know.
0: Wow. And
3: uh, uh, I thought, okay, maybe there is something to do. Uh, Nicoletta is laughing because she remember me coming there. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, like really building a company from scratch. Uh, I arrived there, there was the uh, the Body in white of the first F5, but nothing there. So I uh, we start to test the car that I've been asked to homologate in uh, May of the 2016. I told them that I'm crazy, but I'm not stupid. And uh, I, then we homologate with lots of difficulties in October 2016. Also, because in the meantime uh, I was asked also to start to do the TCR project. No? so mm-hmm. Uh, this shows also how much crazy I am because uh, this is uh, when my passion is uh, bypassing my rationality. And uh, the problem is I always say yes and uh, then I always tell my people, let's bring the uh, job home and then we will think out two men. Yeah, it's always, uh, uh, now I know she will laugh again because uh, when I come back in the morning and I tell my people, you know, I have an idea. I, I see people start to, <laughs> running around uh, try to kill themselves uh, like, I, my, my, I know during the day I'm rushing too much as I live alone now for many years I had to learn how to cook myself how to cook to survive and that cooking is something that is really relax me Yeah, and uh, let me say make me think uh, in a different way how to cook uh, to put the things because I'm not uh, used to doing you know, so I have to focus on it but it's the moment when I have the most of the idea. So I took note, and then in the morning, I always say, ah, I have an idea. And then I see people uh, start to get uh, worried. <laughs> okay. So far, everyone survived. So we'll see.
2: But you talk there about taking on more. By the and way, more.
3: sorry, I think uh, is that this day, I don't know what which date it is because I detached a bit by reality. Yeah. Is the moment that I'm speaking. The most with a journalist in my life, so I think I'm beating all the records for Andrea D'Amo speaking with a journalist.
2: You were talking, uh, Andrea, about taking on more and more responsibility and 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 everything like that. And you, I, I have to say, I was surprised when when I heard that. You, not surprised when you were taking over as as director of Hyundai Motorsport, but that you retained essentially some, some capacity within customer racing as well. And it's a huge job that, that you do now, uh, essentially overseeing all of Hyundai's motorsport uh, activities.
3: But let me say, I'm lucky because I have a good uh, people working with me. And uh, the, the new position came a bit uh, unexpected from me because uh, we organized 2019 with customer racing, with WTCI, all the things in the way to give me some free time, because I let the people start in working with me years before to get more and more responsibilities. No, yeah. But uh, I get this uh, new job, and so, yes, from this small free time, it became very busy. But I spent also last year trying to reorganize things in order to let me be more um, let me say, uh, I don't want to say free but uh, with the possibility to to manage the company in a bit better way. Yeah, The worst thing that uh, could happen in my opinion in a company is to be dependent by one and and it's not what I want to happen because by my personal experience and by common sense, I think that you cannot be devoted on one person, no? Because uh, whatever it may happen, you cannot get stuck. We are speaking about Hyundai and Hyundai Motorsport, a huge company and uh, quite big uh, motorsport department of a huge company. And uh, I would not do my job uh, properly if I put the company in the situation to be dependent by me. Mm-hmm. Someone is in that uh, could be stupid because you put also the company in the Position to kick you out easily, no? So, uh, yeah. I think instead that if you do your job properly and if you are focused properly, you don't have to be scared of this. You have to do the things for the best, best, best performance of your company, not to protect yourself. And this is uh, for me the approach that I always had in my life I have to do the things the best to respect who is paying my payroll and uh, never put the guy or the company paying me in the situation to cannot get rid of me somehow. Because uh, it's not a matter of respect. And uh, respect is the first thing that I think uh, you have to keep uh, in, uh, in your life. And uh, so basically, last year, I started to organize the things in a different way. Of course, in the WSC management, I share most of the things with Alain that uh, can always in my opinion even better than me if at one day i have a problem to not attend the wrc event he has to be able and the company has to be able to run the event because that cannot be the other way around in the customer racing now with andrew jones is managing very well most of the things he has done an amazing job and i have to say that if we crack certain markets with the f5 especially thanks to his effort and the way he's doing so in customer resi in this moment uh, I'm more managing uh, the political side uh, dealing with promoters uh, and a bit with the drivers with whom I'm making the contrast but the day by day operation is no more followed by me. We had uh, meetings because I think that uh, meeting is a nice word, it's not a bad word as it's seen many times because if you do meetings with a clear target a clear list of things to say and you don't use the 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 meeting uh, to find a way to spend one or two others is important for me also some suppliers get a surprise because uh, they came uh, to see us with this big list of lies to introduce the company many things like that normally with the supplier if the meeting with me lasts more than one hour means that we have spoken a lot and told many things because uh, I, as I told you before, I think the most important thing that we have is time and I hate to waste time and I hate to not uh, tell the things that have to be done. No, Because uh, sadly, by my experience, I discovered that you might find yourself in the situation to not have uh, another occasion to say something that should have been better be told in the moment that you have the first opportunity. So, uh, tricky, language, tricky sentence, I hope it's clear. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. that's a, that's, a, that's a bit the thing. No? So now we had many meetings with Andrew, with the people, with the team, uh, 30 minutes, uh, one hour. If there is something to discuss, I call people, Tac tack, tac. We go through the points, responsibility and the deadline. This is the way it works. and sorry, it came back to me also to these days of lunch. And Alfa Romeo and when it was uh, everything fine we always worked in that way so I'm just bringing something in my DNA that uh, came back to my past experiences no and uh, that's uh, that's it but uh, it's also the way I was organizing my uh, university exams and before my study because I was quite busy in those days so I have to organize the things in a certain way and I'm trying to do it in the same way so sharing information is important of course you cannot share all the information with all the company but uh, i think it's nice uh, to share the information with the people that uh, are working with you for example another thing that i did uh, when we took the decision for example to swap drivers or to change the things uh, i always uh, called my people before the mechanics uh, and everyone related and before the press release was out, I always told them the things uh, that were going to happen because it's a matter of respect with the people working with you. They have to know the things from you if you are the leader or the responsible not by a press release because you didn't have time and blah, blah, blah. Things have to be told face to face. And uh, it's important that people working with you are have a clear picture of uh, where we want to go, why we want to go there. And... Uh, which is the path that uh, we have uh, to do? And I always told my people when we decided to do more rallies last year, and this year will not be possible look alike. We will do this and that and that. I will ask you to work more, sorry, but for that, that and that other reason. Because if you ask people to work hard, but you explain them why, for me it's uh, easier. It's not easy. It's easier for them to accept why there are things. And uh, that's it. I always uh, respect. Uh, the, the role of my responsible. No, so I remember when I was a child uh, in those days, in Alpha and before, uh, there were a clear hierarchy. And also, I could not go to knock to the door of the boss uh, to speak with him. There are hierarchies that have to be respected, but there are moments when me, I have to look in face to face all my people and explain them what is going on, why, and also maybe after a rally telling them clear that we made a mistake that we cannot do. So, where you have to say thank you, you have to say thank you. But when you have to tell the truth, you have always to tell the truth. But the truth makes you free.
2: Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. The 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 decision to take the job, to accept the job of, of team principal, was it a difficult one? Was it the realization of a dream? I mean, you know, you look at the guy that you replaced, Michel Nondon, is, again, another big character. You know, he was with Peugeot, he was with Toyota, and, and all of these great teams. Um slightly less so as Suzuki, but let's move along quite quickly. But, but, you know, a big guy and a big character, was it with a little trepidation and fear that you stepped into those shoes?
3: I never worked in my life uh, with uh, a career target. Mm. Everyone, uh, there is no one that can tell me something against that. I always uh, tried to do my job the best as possible because I was loving the job I was doing and I always uh, felt in my life and feel in my life that I was a lucky one with the possibility to do the job that I was loving in the environment that I was dreaming to. So I never dreamed to become something more than what I was. I always tried to do the best how I can, how I could in the role that I was uh, was uh, doing, and uh, trying to, on the other way around, uh, learn from the people that were leading me to understand what was good, what was not good, and what uh, was uh, the experience that uh, not only me, but the other people around me were doing, because uh, as I told you, we don't leave enough uh, time to learn all the things. So sometimes it's good to look around what the other are doing, good and bad, to yeah. make uh, these things uh, your. because, uh, uh we are, uh, as I told you, we, are, we have not enough time to do all the needed mistake to become better sometime, no? And uh, that's it. So uh, to accept it, uh, Dave, uh, in life, uh, there are moments in which you cannot say no. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that totally was one. We talked a little bit last year about the fact that inevitably, you know, the late Nate of your um, appointment to this job it meant that you inherited certain aspects of, of, of the team be that drivers or you know development strategy whatever how much did you did that kind of compromise what you wanted to do last year and and how much this year if we had a normal year would it be essentially now much more Andrea Adamo's team
3: well you know I uh... I do not regret nothing, and I cannot say, ah, I would have done, ah, if I would have been. The reality is this one, finish. Maybe I would have done even worse. So uh, I'm not the kind of uh, man now, not the guy that uh, regrets. I'm the kind of one that acts. And uh, I tried uh, to take the best out of what I have, because anyhow, I already said uh, that uh, when I became train principal, I became team principal of uh, a team that was fighting for the world championships, both driver and manufacturer, in the two years before. So it's not something that has to be forgotten. Of course, everyone is doing things his own way, and I did things in my own way, and I changed a bit the organization, and other things are going to be changed and uh, that's it. But I also face with the reality that uh, I cannot say, hey, let's stop one moment, uh, well, let's reorganize things, and we go ahead. So I take a, a team that was a winning team, and I changed a few things, and uh, we are going on uh, evolving uh, things uh, to try to make the things uh, better and better. I'm uh, lucky because uh, there are other people that took uh, Formula One teams in a much worse situation, and it took much more to come back to win uh, after this uh, evolution. I was lucky that uh, we were able to win the first year. That means that the team was very good. So it was a different, uh, there were different reasons that I never really understood why it was uh, not uh, winning before. What I know is that I brought my way of doing things my willingness to win. And also now I know that uh, there are things that we have to improve. Uh, sometimes uh, we can do faster, sometimes we cannot improve so fast because, of course, we are a big organization and I cannot go home and say, I need 10 more engineers, 20 more mechanics, 3 millions more. I have to face the reality and take the best out of it. But uh, uh, I cannot cry and say, ah, we cannot win because we don't have this, we don't have that. I have to say we can win because I have this, 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 this and that. This is the approach that uh, you have to face day in, day out if you want to be a winner. Uh, not to, first of all, cry about what you have, because uh, before you do your job and show that you can do the, the best out of your job, then you start to ask. Ask before doing something uh, doesn't work too.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's fair to say last year that you, you certainly stole the headlines with your signing of, of uh in, in Spain. You know, that news broke and how difficult was that deal to put together and, and how, okay, we're only three rounds in, but how is life so far with, with Tanak?
3: Well, let me say, when you... When you are not Brad Pitt, to invite Angelina Jolie for dinner is quite a tricky. Eh? So, <laughs> let me say, to make a parallel. I think that uh, it has been... Uh, not difficult to make it happen, but of course there are uh, there were some economical sides that uh, we had to settle down. People was dreaming about the money I knew was supposed to spend to have him, and made me laugh because I uh, I, heard, I read about uh, private jets and so and so. Maybe the only thing that uh, I didn't read about was about to have a gold VC with me cleaning. Uh, uh, his uh, kitchen after that, his wife <laughs> cooked and uh, all the other bars it has been wrote about uh, the good thing that uh, I really think was uh, clicking was the fact that I found a guy that has the same willingness of win that I have and that yeah. the people like uh, uh, Thierry Neville is having as well so uh, when you speak with someone and you understand that you're speaking the same language uh, and in the end uh, you make the same jokes because uh, at the end uh, oh it is a bit like me if i permit to say that uh, in public is not really the kind of man that makes many jokes or is uh, so social but uh yeah. privately we enjoy a lot as uh, we enjoy with the TRE and the others because uh, there is an official screen that is at uh, the approach that we all have as a professional people doing a, a rally, because we are there to win and not to enjoy people or uh, uh, keep, uh, let me say, a good mood for everyone. But outside, when we relax a moment, I think uh, it's a nice way of behave. And I have to say that uh, I really appreciate the fact that the TRE and OIT are working very well together, because uh, OIT has for, for sure brought the experience having run other uh, WRC plus cars, So it's bringing experience and uh, is uh, saying the same thing that Yari is saying. So this is a big help. And as I said many, many, many times, I also see what has happened in the past, and I just take experience out of it. But uh, when you manage top drivers that are clever, and normally when you have top drivers, means that they are also clever, because I hardly see someone winning very much being stupid. And uh, it's much easier then. For sure, you have to be clear, no? As I said before, the truth uh, makes you make, makes you free. Yeah. If you tell all the people how the things are, which are the priorities, who is leading, who is not leading, who takes the decision, who has to respect the decision, is clear, square, and then everything has to work out. Of, it. of course, uh, a driver is not a top driver if he's not selfish, no? I understand that. As I told you already, the day that the driver will stop uh, complaining, stressing, asking will be a bad day because it means that he has no more willingness to win and they are just doing it. But, uh, you know, it's um, I have no children, so I don't know how to manage children and I do not permit to make parallels. But sometimes I think seeing my nephews when they were younger, it's a bit like this, no? They try to stretch the limit yeah. to see as long as a papa and mama get upset. Then they say, ah, oh, okay, this is the limit. Then I made a step back. Sometimes <laughs> with drivers, I may say it's a bit like that.
2: Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, you would have seen, you would have observed in the same way that that Nikki and I did, you know, and, and do, TANX sometimes, OIT is quite truculent with the media quite doesn't you know offer a great deal um at the end of stage some you know I am fortunate enough to know it really quite well and sometimes I find myself a little bit frustrated with him because I don't want and it's the same with you Andrea that I don't want people to form a kind of a bad opinion of them because of what they see on 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 all live or whatever does that does it bother you that 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 Oit is a little bit quiet, he is quite reserved and quite sharp at times, or is he there to drive and that's all we're interested in?
3: I I like to read and uh, I read the Bible, not because I'm a religious kind, but if you read it as an historical book, let me permit, without a disregard or offending everyone, but it's a very nice book because there are many Many things that can teach you also something, and there is a a nice sentence, no? They say, "Who is without any fault the first, the first stone?" Yeah. And And uh, I hardly think uh, me, as I am, I can send something against uh, OIT, it, no? Because uh, I'm the <laughs> first one that when I never was, uh, when I this, I'm not the most nice and kind uh, yeah. type of uh, chap to speak with. But uh, for me, it's easier to. Uh, sometimes manage a bit myself, Uh, I don't know if uh, I'm really managing well myself because sometimes I I try to be nice and kind but uh, by the way, sorry to the people to w to all live because uh, they have the infaust job to come to interview me when my, the cars have a problem. By the way, they never appear when the things <laughs> are going well, but uh, when there is a problem, bam! faster <laughs> than light, they appear with camera, microphone, but yeah. well, I don't know. So sometimes I'm a bit, I don't want to say rude, but let uh, me say uh, I'm not the, the nicest uh, man to interview I know. But uh, at least I'm sitting at the desk uh, like this. We we have to think that we are speaking with drivers that are driving cars of about 400 horsepower, Mm -hmm. uh, 200 kilometers in the forest, in the mud, having maybe a problem fighting with the wind that uh, they want uh, harder than life. And at the end of the stage, they have a problem and they have someone asking them uh, uh, why they have pulled the handbrake more than someone else. so I can understand sometimes that because the level of adrenaline is so high, the willingness of winning is so high. They are uh, driving these, uh, uh, these tools at an amazing speed with an amazing effort. And uh, if uh, the stage is going well, uh, okay. If the stage they think is going well and they see the stage time and it's not going well, they start to question themselves and get angry.
0: Yeah.
3: The other end, uh, I permit to say, no, I think that uh, we need uh, characters, as you say, what exactly. to yep. speak about. No. So yeah. if uh, we have uh, all the drivers that say, yes, I had a nice stage, I think I can go faster. I I think that uh, spectators, after sometimes, they get boring out of it. Yeah. And uh, waiting, what uh, maybe Tanakh will answer at the end of the stage because uh, he has done a bad time, or what the uh, Navy will say, or what the other will say. I think it's also part of the game. I permit to yeah. say. Uh, maybe it's not my job a uh, PR, but I think that sometimes uh, waiting it, uh, it's also nice. And when uh, uh, every time uh, OIT oh, is saying, ah, oh, the car is not good, the car is not good, and uh, he's doing the proper stage time, so for me it's good.
2: Yes, and you're right, you know, we do. You look back in history, we had the, you know, Chris Meek was a fantastic character because he spoke from the heart in the same way that Colin McRae did and Carlos did and, and all of these, and we, we maybe don't have I remember, enough. I remember
3: Cancun and say which ties you have, round and black, so. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, you're quite right. Just a a couple more questions now. Moving forward to 2022, um, what are your feelings towards hybrid and and where we're headed with, with WRC in 2022?
3: Let me say, well, we cannot forget, or we have to all understand together, that uh, we are doing motorsport, first of all, uh, as a marketing tool. We cannot yep. forget this. At professional level, motorsport is a marketing tool. No manufacturer ever has any willingness to put money to let uh, his engineer enjoy and blah, blah, blah. We cannot forget also that uh, the days when uh, motorsport was a platform to develop uh, High technology components to pass them to road car are finished. We, we have to be realistic. This is the thing because uh, uh, we cannot forget that I guess uh, my road car has a more uh, JIT mods than uh, the WRC car. Uh, has. So it's a pure marketing tools, and uh, the marketing tools have uh, to have uh, the the needs to be marketed. Yeah, and nowadays every manufacturer have uh, in his uh, catalog, let me say, electric and hybrid vehicles that they have to sell. Uh, they have to have uh, uh, eco-friendly cars and so and so. When I was a teen, so some 30 years ago, I remember the publicity the spot of the cars where was highlighted the top speed the seed yeah. the drag and this and that the performances of the vehicles were uh, let me say uh, highlighted nowadays if you see all vehicles are sold like uh, long uh, let me say the the, the economy yeah. of the usage the, the few co2 yeah. uh, Pollution things uh, and this kind of things, no. So the WRC cars have to have uh, some uh, resemblance uh, or some links with the road car if we want to have the budget. And sorry, we are speaking lots of money to go ahead uh, and do in motorsport. Yeah, WSC is the older, is the last category. If you look a bit at the motorsport level, that will be uh, with hybrid uh, components. Yeah. But we have to do it. The problem is that we also have to face the fact that uh, money is getting uh, or budgets are getting shrink and shrink. So Mm -hmm. we have to do cars that are not expensive like hell, but uh, they have to be, let me say, affordable for manufacturers. And I have to say, after a nice chat that we had with uh, Marco Wilson, that is one of the icons of motorsport, uh, that has to be affordable also to potential customers running WSC. WRC. Nowadays, I permit to say this, the problem of WRC is that there are very few WRC cars at the start.
0: Yeah. 20
3: years ago, in 98, 99, we had the, the manufacturers that were more, but we have the privateers that were affording the stages and so you can have a 20, 25 WRC cars yeah. running and it's also true that the guys starting behind younger or things like that, they are also they were also running fast, so they, they also let the public to enjoy them passing by. Now we have eight, nine WRC cars, then we have the two, three top WRC2, some WRC3, and then we have people running around to enjoy themselves. So I don't want to be misunderstood, but we have to improve the level of spectacle that WRC has to give, and the spectacle on top of having good, nice seeing cars have to be a bit longer one, yeah. if not that we may face some issues. You know? And so the rules that we have done altogether are allowing us to have cars that are less expensive than the current one, yeah. and then with the possibility to be used also by private teams or young guns that want to step up on the top category, and so in 2022 the target is to have more wrc cars at the start of the stages
2: yeah we saw recently some some not all of the drivers are in agreement with you you know we know that we're moving to <laughs> to a car which you know may have five gears it doesn't have a, an active center diff the performance may be, it, it will be a step down drivers don't always want that do they it's not their job to look to the health and the spectacle and you know they want to drive on the limit in cars which are at the absolute sort of pinnacle uh, of engineering rally excellence what do you say to the drivers who are maybe considering complaining about uh, the performance of these 2022 cars
3: Uh, What I say to the driver, I don't think is something that is nice to repeat here word by word. But I let you have, let me say, the nicer and smoother concept that that I think people can understand in which way I talk to the drivers. We are all uh, Hyundai Motorsport employees, but on top of this, I have 254 people that every month deserve a payroll because they have families at home. So the first uh, ones that I have to protect uh, are my people.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, if the road or if the path or the solution to let uh, my company be at the same level as it is now is to go hybrid with cheaper cars, I will do it all my life long. Yeah. If the drivers will uh, wish to drive it, I will uh, be the most happy guy in the world. If they will think that uh, those cars are not as good enough for their capabilities, I'm sorry. I have 254 people to defend on top of them.
2: Yeah. Uh, Safari, you know, we we hear, and I wrote a story about, you know, the locusts, um, this this issue as well. What is your feeling about, okay, it's still a long way away, but Safari, we would be comfortable going there with potential you know economic and agricultural issues there
3: i don't know if uh, this uh issue is the only one uh, that uh, may affect uh, safari i don't know exactly how is the situation there
0: yeah.
3: i don't know exactly how is the corona situation there because uh, there is also this thing and uh, I don't want to be misunderstood, uh, and I know that after of my sentence that I'm going to say, someone will create a polemic. But I, again, I have to be realistic and be taking care of my people. Are we sure that in July we can comfortable send uh, 90 people in Kenya to do a relief?
2: Yeah.
3: At this point, I am not.
2: No. And this, you know, you have a duty of care. We saw that in Mexico, didn't we? You know, you have to get these people in and out of these places safely. Yeah. That, you know, it's priority number one for us all. Um, so
3: I, I don't know. I, I, just as I told you before, I, I make questions to myself because uh, if you make questions, uh, you, you have to find answers. Yes. And uh, with answers, uh, you can manage a company. If not, yes. uh, but if, if you, I'm, I'm at the end when people tell me, uh, which is your job, uh, and maybe sometimes my mom uh, still does not understand what I'm doing, and uh, sometimes she told me that uh, she in an uncomfortable situation. You know, when she was used to sit with the other uh, lady in the in the in the house, uh, speaking about you know one one as a. A son that is a doctor, another one a lawyer. Oh, yeah. another thing. And what you are doing, your son? Well, oh, I don't really understood. He's traveling around and playing with the cars. So, it doesn't <laughs> uh, sound really good the respect to the yeah. others. But okay, I told mom, uh, could have been worse, you know. Uh, uh, but at least uh, tell them that I'm playing with with cars and it's okay. Uh, and go <laughs> back. I, I, I have. a am My job is to take decisions in the end. Yeah. To take the decisions, I need to have all the pictures, and uh, if the pictures will not be hundred percent clear, I hardly put my people in uh, in any danger. Yes,
2: yes, yeah. and I spoke with the other teams, and they are completely in the same feeling as well. Particularly Tommy, you know, Tommy never wanted to go to safari in the first place, uh, and he feels the same. You know, Africa is its its own kind of entity, isn't it? And we have to be consider it towards that it's uh, it's a difficult time
3: it's a difficult time and uh, we have enough difficult times uh, here so i would love to to be there it's uh, it's um, something that is in the calendar and then we have to try to defend but not at any cost
2: yeah exactly i i think that is everything for the kind of interview there is one thing that i would like to ask um just for a sort of separate thing I wanted to ask, who was your favorite driver ever in the history of the whole sport? It can be Oetanek, it could be Marco Alain, it could be... And which is your favorite car? And which is one rally you will never forget? So, now, this is the bit that I look forward to so much. One car per category or one car? One car. No, just one car. The
3: Brabham BT52. Uh, BT really? Yeah. Why? Because uh, nineteen eighty three was the first year that I was following Formula One uh, uh, in TV in Italy. They started to live all uh, the Grand Prix, and uh, this uh, dart shape uh, uh, car was for me a dream. You no, know? it's in those days that I started to follow the engineering side of the things. Even if I was a children reading on Autosprint, it was Giorgio Piola drawings. Uh, with the explanation and things like that, and this a uh, uh, Gordo Mare car, like the others uh, that he designed, has always been my my inspiration. My isp- uh, inspiration, I think. Yeah. And, uh, this one has always been my dream. I had the model car. I had the book. Uh, wow. I have the articles of Gordo Mare, and uh, this is uh, the car that remains uh, in my heart. Wow. there is uh, just just like this below. But if I had to name one, you put me in a tricky situation. The Lancia zero three seven,
2: is it? Yeah. I thought maybe maybe Stratos, or, but it's zero three seven.
3: Yeah, because it's again, it's ninety eighty three, and uh, Lancia with zero three seven was winning the manufacturer championship, and. Yeah. Uh, something that uh, make me very you know what uh drag me definitely gives the last kick to let me drop in motorsport illness yeah. so there are these two cars there
2: yeah but the 037 was it was special because you know it won me, when yes. it could never have won it you know it had no business to beat the quattro did it but there is a uh
3: yeah uh, in those days, for me, it was uh, tricky to understand the quat. I was a 12 years old, no? So, for me to understand 037, uh four wheel driven, two, uh, but for me, it, I do not uh, pretend to be more than what I am. For me, it was a bit far to understand all the shades behind. But first of all, it was an uh, Ancha. Yes. Uh, first of all, it was in Abbott. First of yeah. all, it was uh, with these Martini things. Also, yeah. the delivery was something that was a special. And uh, it was uh, with uh, Walter Earl, uh, Mark Wall, and all these guys uh, fighting uh, there. Then uh, I remember my father brought me to one rally with him because my father is a, was a technical um, scrutiner in, uh, for the Italian Federation. And uh, every year, if I did well at school, I had the rights in summer to be brought one rally with him. No wow. one And I remember in 1983, I went to one rally in Domodossola with him, and it was this uh, 037 run by privateers like this. And it was, wow, this rally car, things like that. And it always remember me those days. And uh, So this uh, problem is a bit over because it's an engineering thing, a bit uh, different. And uh, the the, the, the shades (laughs) below the 037. (laughs) Yeah, and I need the it, model car of both.
2: I, I asked uh, Nini this morning, uh, if 037 was his favorite, and he said it would be. He said, but it, it also broke his heart with Bettinger because he said Bettinger was such a good friend, he said he couldn't forgive the car essentially for taking his friend.
3: Sergio can I speak more than me on that,
2: yeah, yeah. But for you, which driver? Walter Really? Mm. The computer?
3: Mm.
2: Wow. Uh, a, it,
3: it's a bit, uh, you know, every, even if I'm Italian, even in my, this way of speaking, yeah. I know it's my limit, but uh, uh, this engine inside is a rationality that I try to give. For me, is, uh, is the one. He's the guy that uh, was uh, winning a rally with the minimum amount of energy needed. No? Mm-hmm. And uh, out of him, uh, uh, mamma mia, you can remember winning rallies with the Ascona when uh, it would have been difficult with the 037 Monte Carlo. I remember very well as a child following by radio because in those days it was the first time that I was following a, a rally. It was Guido Ancati that was doing the yeah. uh, the, the live uh, from the rally La Permanence, the rally de Monte Carlo, the Monte Carlo, with uh, Radio Monte Carlo. Let me say, spot here and there, making comments uh, at a local radio in uh, where I was born, uh, Radio Piemonte Sound, uh, that was doing the, the, the links uh, three times a day to know and hearing about Walter that uh, was winning here and there with the Audi Quattro. Sorry, this is the the top. He went in Monte Carlo. It's not like nowadays that you do this and that, and he beat the and Blancos on the snow with the car that I yeah. know from many years. So, yeah. The guy that was racing in uh, uh, in uh, in circuit with, uh, with the Lancia Beta Monte Carlo in Le Mans, but with Audi as well in uh, IMSA in Trans Am, yeah. winning. Uh, yeah, he is the, the kind of driver that uh, for me remains in my in my mind.
2: But how can he be a complete driver when he wouldn't go to Finland?
3: Uh, this is the kind of thing that uh, maybe I'm no more enough passionate uh, to uh, discuss. Uh, you know, there are things in life that I appreciate, no? Because uh, is the man, uh, I don't know if we can say, who has the balls, to say, I like this, I don't like that. Finish. Yeah. I think that there are a few examples of a human being in the world that they have no fairness to say, I yeah. don't like this, I'm scared about that. And I tell you, because uh, to be a, a man means also to admit uh, is... Our own limits, no, and uh, yeah. I really appreciate this one, like Miki Lauda in a Fuji yeah, seventy six. How exactly. you can finger point someone who was uh, so close to die that that is scared to run in the rain?
0: Yeah,
3: I think that no, uh, this is exactly. the. the uh, if you tell me Lauda was a kind of driver you like, yes, is the one just uh, like this below uh, Royal, because. Uh, for me, they have been the clear example of a human being that they know exactly which is their limit.
2: Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. And, and your point is exactly right as well about him winning with the, with the least amount of effort. In, I, in I love
3: Walter Ross. Sanremo 85 with the S2 Audi. I remember there. Um, I, I yeah. really like him. And uh, let's not forget another thing about Walter. And uh, you may remember, not many people who will read uh, these slides uh, or see with video, I don't know how it will be done, uh, will remember. But in Portogallo 86, uh, was the one who said, first of all, now we stop. No. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, exactly.
3: He's a exactly. man that, uh, for me, is a man. He has the voice. And yeah. uh, to, to, to put himself on top of other people and say, hey, this is is the character, he has the the charisma, and uh, he is the guy that when he was speaking, people was listening to him. For me, Barteroel well, is uh, the driver.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there one rally that you will, that you will always remember, maybe an early Monte or something like Monte
3: that? Monte Carlo 86.
2: Really? That one?
3: Yeah.
2: Wow. And you were there or just still No, no, no,
3: no, no, Monte Carlo 86 for me is uh, full of meanings because uh, um, it was the rally where uh, Toivonen, and that uh, would uh, be killed uh, sadly again uh, later in the year was uh, as uh, dominated with the Delta S4. He started mm-hmm. faster. There was a wrong uh, tire decision in, uh, in the last uh, stage of Monday and uh, they drop back, they uh, catch up. Then in the road section, uh, someone with a Ford Taurus uh, crash against him. He's been able to drive a Delta S4. You know, it was this uh, cage yeah. chassis that was totally bent and stage by stage. Uh, the, my old colleagues uh, told me that we were cutting welding and try to make straight again. Uh, <laughs> As a Toivo named it, it was the Banana Delta, because it was effectively bent. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: And uh, why we cannot forget that he has also a hip pain uh, for From the here? rest of the rally, that uh, he has been cared with injections. And uh, with this kind of situation, he catch up and uh, he was uh, able to catch a Salon and, and uh, win the rally, No. And for me, it's also for the emotional point of view. I remember me asking my dad and mom at dinner uh, to have the authorization to stay awake and to see live on Tele Monte Carlo the passage uh, of uh, the top of the hill in Turini. It was at midnight. I remember in those days the uh, TV, really on TV, was uh, something very small and. Uh, I remember Tele Monte Carlo had the cameras uh, just in few corners before and after the famous pass. And I remember there uh, Toivonen uh, winning the stage with the slick tires against the Salon and that was fitted the smaller tires with the small studded tires uh, while Ice was only on the top a little bit. So for me, there are things that I remember and it was so emotional for me, no? I'm speaking, uh, I notice now that I made a list about things about uh, my teen time. But because I think that my teen time is what uh, was really imprinted uh, me about my passion in motorsport, and uh, that's it. Then uh, after this, uh, motorsport has been my job. And uh, I, I remember rail, racing, uh, rallies and races uh, that are stuck in my mind. but. Uh, uh, the emotions are mixed by the the job, no? And uh, as it is a job, for me, these emotions are very much uh, smart. But if I can name one thing that is not my best race, but is uh, if you name me which is the most emotional moment of your career, for me is 2003 Estoril, where we debuted uh, we were the first race with the Ferrari 575 GT yes. and the uh, We won uh, the race uh, first time out. And uh, when the the flag dropped, uh, I remember Sergio hugging me so strong when I was crying. Uh, For me, we remain uh, the biggest uh, and uh, personal uh, remember of uh, the relationship between me and Sergio for all my career.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. Incredible. And and I have to say, I had some, some great words from him as well. Uh, he is, a, he's a, for me, he is sometimes overlooked in the Lancia story because of Fiorio and, and all of these other people. It's, he was a big guy there, wasn't he?
3: Well, you know, uh, for sure it was a, a big team in those days. Eh? And uh, we've also unlimited resources that uh, we have to remember. And uh, it always helps. But uh, I think that... Uh, on the other hand, we have seen other team with unlimited resources and able to win nothing. So uh, you have to be smart and use the resources that you have uh, to win. And uh, in those days, uh, Lancia was good because it was, uh, and this is the big lesson that I learned, because uh, people uh, always sometimes uh, can uh, understand the things that they see. But there are many things in the background that are more difficult to see. Lancia was strong politically. Yes. Lancia was driving, was driving the rules. This is important. Lancia was uh, important in any FIA decision. Dolph, uh, it, this is uh, the most important thing. Everyone before to touch Lancia or to say something against Lancia, everywhere was thinking one, two, three, four, five times. And yes. most of the time, they uh, would have say nothing. <laughs>
0: yeah
3: that is the the most important thing and the Sergio was really part of the stronger political matter because he was respected by everyone in FIA and all these kind of things and uh, it is another big 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 lesson that I took and I have to say this relationship with FIA that I have is but has been in the past years much different from the Sergio one I know this is what uh, Sergio would not have been proud of me but uh, I'm a bit more emotional than him on that. so sometimes I uh, <laughs> I have to bite my dog more.
2: Yes. And just you you were born and brought up in Torino or
3: No, I honestly I was born in Cuneo that is a town that is uh, 80 kilometers away from Cuneo It's in the mountains basically. But uh, from when I was 18 I moved to Turin when I stayed uh, basically the rest of my life.
2: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And uh, your family are all well in in Listen, uh, so far,
3: yes. uh, They are luckily in Cuneo, that is uh, a small town. It's a bit far from the center of the biggest uh, problem in Italy, but uh, you don't know where you are safe, I guess, nowadays, especially also in Italy. So Mm. this is something that, uh, of course, uh, keeps me worrying, but uh, even if I would be there, I could not have done nothing for them because it's better to stay far away. My father and mother are in the 70s, uh, -70s, mid-70s, so... Of course if we see the statistics it's the most uh, weak age to be so let me say it's like this uh, that's it They're the things that uh on the other hand uh, of course i feel for them because i think if i if i am what i am today is also thanks to to my father Toph, that uh, told me
2: yes yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I am the same. I am the same with great thanks to my own father. So I can't thank you enough for the no, time. Uh, I know incredible. I spoke
3: quite a lot, so sorry for making you boring. Sometimes I, I didn't ask to your question or I spoke too much. So I think you would have loved the meter, but sorry, I'm a bit like that. No?
1: Hyundai team boss Andrea Adamo, there with our very own Dirtfish senior staff writer David Evans. And if you like what you've been hearing, stay tuned to dirtfish.com and subscribe to Spin the Rally Pod. It's now available at all the very best podcast providers.